You are listening to the Balkan Bread Podcast. This is a podcast created to connect diaspora worldwide by sharing each other's stories. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Balkan Bread Podcast. My name's Amina, and thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode. I hope everyone's staying well, staying safe in quarantine. It's definitely been quite an interesting time, I will say. And for today's episode, we're going to be talking all about self-care and just how to take care of yourself during this difficult time. A lot of us are working from home and, you know, staying with our families and spending a lot of time together. So it's totally normal for us to go a little bit crazy and insane. But there are definitely ways that we can manage, you know, our sanity during this time. So I'm super excited. I have one of my friends here on the episode today. She is quite the expert in all things self-care. So she's going to be giving us a ton of advice. She's going to be giving me specific advice as well, which I'm excited for because it's definitely been a challenging time. So let me introduce our guest. So today we have Taya Seffer, and she is the founder of Breathe with Taya. It's a coaching program dedicated to helping people eliminate stress and find balance in their day-to-day lives. You might remember them from our podcast about the Beha Diaspora Conference, as Taya is one of the members of the organizing team. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, definitely go back and check them out. And Taya has been a community organizer for over 10 years and has a passion for social justice and human rights. So welcome to the podcast, Taya. We're excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be back and to be talking about a very important topic for us and everybody right now. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So for self-care, I always think about going on Pinterest and seeing things where it talks about, you know, self-care, take a bubble bath, do a face mask. And I think those things are great and I've definitely done them, but At the same time, I feel like there's other things that you could be doing around, you know, self-care. So could you define it for us and just kind of give us some examples? Yeah, I love that you brought up this like Pinterest idea of like what is the perfect self-care routine and it's like buy a lush bath bomb and like buy yourself flowers and like spend hundreds of dollars on a massage. And I'm like, you know, that's not realistic for a lot of people. Like that is a, it's a lot of money that like people are suggesting you do like and put into. And part of that's been like the commodification of self-care. Right. But like the way I define it and the way I approach it with my clients is how do you avoid your, or I'm sorry, not how do you avoid How do you face your stuff? Like facing your work-life balance, facing your habits, your flaws, your relationships, and being honest with where you're at with this stuff. Because burnout comes on real easy. And if you're kind of just going, chugging along in the day-to-day of um, work and taking care of family and taking care of pets and, you know, showing up for people, like we often forget about what we need to do to just center ourselves. And I know that's like a 
like a, a like a clicky word of like oh center ourselves like what does that even mean but it just means like being aware of like how much battery you have in your life like what is your day-to-day battery amount and like how do you choose where to spend that I like that analogy I really do like that because I've definitely burnt out more times than I could count on like both hands so (laughs) it's it's definitely something where and it's hard if it's if you're doing something that you really love and that you're passionate about and you know you want to put the work into it but it's like how do you actually take the time for yourself because if you don't recharge and if you don't take a moment to just kind of do nothing which as challenging as that is for me, then it's going to be so much harder for you to put in your 100% into, you know, future projects and other things that you do. So I think that's right. very relevant. And, and we see this like in movies all the time. Like how stereotypical is it? Like the career woman who spent like her entire life just working and she works 18 hour days. And like, now she's like, Oh, I realize I've never been in love and like, no, I can't sustain a relationship. And like, right. That's a conversation around self care and what it means to find balance in your life so that you can be like a whole person that is functioning and that, and that you're meeting all of your personal needs. Definitely, definitely. And it's going to be something that's, I guess, a little bit different for everybody. And depending on your routine and your lifestyle and what you do, it's kind of just finding um, finding the things that work best for you. So it's almost, I feel like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like trial and error, like seeing what's mm-hmm. actually going to you know, calm you down and give you a moment of peace and things like that. So with your... Um, coaching program that you're starting who do you work with and just you know why are you so I guess passionate about this subject in particular yeah so I've been doing coaching around self-care for as long as I've been a community organizer so over 10 years and I used to have this program specifically tailored to community organizers because the life is very demanding much like entrepreneurial life (laughs) like it is like you do not get to turn off like you're on late night calls you're getting up early you're constantly needing to be creative Um, you're constantly giving a lot of yourself to other people and holding space for other people and supporting them and um what ends up happening is you give and you give and you give and sometimes you forget to to ask to get something back or um you know you don't take anything back and as energizing as it is to work on something that you love there needs to be some sort of balance because you're going to get exhausted you're going to get stressed out and the more burnt out you are the less capable you are of actually dealing with stress so Self-care is like the difference between, um, you know, facing a huge stressor, like saying a new competitor comes out or like a law gets passed or, you know, someone in your family gets sick and like, it's normal to feel stressed out about those things. But the difference is between being able to deal with it in a healthy way where it doesn't spiral you into you getting sick. And to, um, I know that I've done that a a hundred times like where I get so stressed out and then I get like a cold. I actually managed to re-trigger, I had mono when I was like 
14. And then as like a 25 year old managed to re-trigger my mono because I was so stressed out all the time and like so worried. And it was because I wasn't taking enough time to really set up boundaries and like really hold myself accountable to this stuff. And I think a good plan for self-care helps you like handle life just a little bit better. So like if you got a dent in your car, it's not the end of the world, but like sometimes it might feel like that if you're, if it's like already the, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back kind of thing. So the people I work with, um, overwhelmingly are people in their like twenties and thirties and, um, they're tired. They're exhausted. Um, they don't know how to keep doing this anymore. They're picking fights with people in their family or their kids. Um, they're not doing well at work. Uh, you know, uh, like a combination or all of these things where they're just on the fringe of, of like any sort of being able to live. Um, and I think what makes it unique and why I'm so passionate about this, especially for folks from the Balkans, is we have so much intergenerational trauma and like trauma that's been passed down. I mean, for a region that faced like, you know, occupation by the Ottomans and then, uh, you know, World War One and World War Two, and we had, you know, the Holocaust was very present in the Balkans. There were concentration camps and then, you know, uh, the rise and fall of former Yugoslavia and like another war and like famine, you know, like we have so much stuff that um, has happened historically to our families and that trauma gets embedded actually in your genetic code because your body learns how to survive under that level of stress so it adjusts your hormone levels and so then that's how you, that gets passed down to your kids so your kids are more easily triggered um, and also are more able to survive or are more like resilient they're better at surviving similar situations. One of my favorite examples is if your grandparents or your great-grandparents experienced a famine and there was food insecurity or it was during the war and there was, you know, lack of food, lack of water, lack of basic, you know, needs, their bodies adjusted to that to be more capable of holding on to nutrients and more capable to holding on to like fat and carbs and all this stuff to help them survive physically like as humans and because their bodies learned that then when they had kids and their kids had kids that gets passed down so this conversation around like you know like obesity in the Balkans or obesity in places it's like part of that is trauma that like your body is just much better at holding on to fat for when um, you know, in case something else happens, in case there's another period of instability. Um, yeah, so I want to work with people to figure out, like, how do we heal those parts of ourselves that the, like, anxiety, the depression, um, the high stress, and still pass down those survival techniques to, like, our future kids, if you have them, but, like, be able to bandage this stuff on a day-to-day -day basis. Like, I can't pretend, like, my mom, I was born in 1992, so my mom was pregnant uh, with me at the start of the war. I cannot pretend that the stress that she felt while she was pregnant doesn't impact me today. Like, that is something that I face, like, 
on a regular basis with like anxiety and mental health issues. And so it is my task to figure out how do I live with that and how, how do I not recreate that trauma for like my kids and for other people. And I think um, especially in the Balkans, there's a lot of stigma around mental health care and like self-care and what, the, the, what does that look like? Um, I don't know, Amina, have you faced, like, what does that stigma look like for around you? I know you did a whole podcast on mental health and what that kind of looks like, but I'm interested to hear, you know, what your thoughts are. Yeah, definitely. I think those are great points, and I love that you explained that because I didn't even know that, um, and I'm sure there's other research that kind of backs it up, but that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I think that'll resonate for a lot of people that are listening. It's something that every single one of us has to deal with. Um, It's just hard because you don't realize it, I feel like, until later on in your life. And you're like, oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, this is why I'm the way that I am or, you know, things like that. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, for me, I guess the stigma, it hasn't affected me, I would say, too, too much. And then again, I always kind of openly speak about these different issues. Like, obviously, I've talked about everything that, you know, happened when my dad passed away. And I've mentioned like going to therapy. And I'm very open about talking, you know, about those things. For me, it's, I guess, because my immediate family, they're not very, I guess, judgmental um, to say. Mm -hmm. I know other people's families can be like, you're automatically seen as weak in general. I'm just speaking generalizations here, but you're automatically seen as weak if you, you know, go to therapy or, you know, you're dealing with these like mental issues. It's kind of like just toughen up. It doesn't even matter if you're a girl or guy, um, so to speak. It's just like, you know, you need to get over it. You need to, Mm -hmm. um, like, there's never that talk about just taking the time for yourself because, think we as a culture have always just been taking care of each other and of other people and that's always going to be kind of our first instinct so it's hard for us I think it's that much harder for us to turn it back on ourselves and things like that so I've definitely seen it affect other people in the way that they don't talk to their family members about it because they know well my mom or my dad or my brother or sister, they're not going to understand. There's no point in me bringing it up because I automatically kind of get shut down. And then it's like, okay, maybe I'll share it with one or two of my close friends or a lot of people keep it inside and they don't want to talk mm-hmm. about it. And I think that's where the bigger problem kind of stems from. Yeah. And I, I think you're, you're totally right. And I've definitely seen that like definitely around like emotional struggle that is seen as like a well or I've seen this in the diaspora a lot of well we didn't have to survive the war or like we don't remember the war or like we were only kids during the war we didn't actually have to face anything and so why are you stressed about like an exam that's coming up or paying your next bill because like you could be losing your life. Like I've had those things said to me, (laughs) like you could be, um, and not even just by my family, but but, like by my community of like, come on, like that's not a real problem. What, what, come on, don't worry about that. Like whatever. Um, But I think it's actually, uh, I think that's, that's a space where folks in the Balkans do not do well is around that like emotional and mental stuff. And there's definitely a lot of like, oh, like, that person went crazy and, like, whatever. But I think 
um, the important thing for me is that self-care is very multidimensional and has a lot of aspects to it. So it's not just, you know, therapy, which I think therapy is great. Like I go to therapy. It's awesome. It's like helped me rethink a lot of things in my life. And I recommend it to everybody, like regardless of what you think of yourself. Um, but there's also like physical aspects of self-care and um, relationship aspects of self-care and then like your body and health and like all these different things. And while folks in the Balkans might not be open to talking about their feelings, like, you know, some of us have come to <laughs> um, realize and come, come to like work on on our own. But there is this history of like, taking that time to relax like i know like hearing stories of back like during yugoslavia like oh they would just go to the sea and like go vacation for like six weeks where all they did was like tan and swim and hang out and i'm like six weeks of vacation like that would do wonders for me <laughs> but like you don't get that as much like in the west um i know you know, my job doesn't let me take six weeks off of work. It's like, here's two weeks for the whole year and like, good luck with that. Um, so it's also like a structural thing. Like we're under a different amount of um, stress and we're also in a different like world of, of the expectations that are put on us um, or even how long you're expected to work in a work day, right? Like I know my, <laughs> my mom's a doctor and back home she'd work until like 2 p.m and then come home go to the market cook dinner hang out and then go to work the next day at like eight or nine and I'm like now working in the U.S. she's at work by seven and she doesn't come home till seven and she's in her 60s and like you know that is like a whole different toll than when she was in her 20s and 30s and like much harder now so like how do we encourage those around us also to take that time um, the other point I wanted to make, especially about doctors and health, so um, not taking care of yourself mentally and emotionally can show up in a lot of physical ways. So um, they've proven this and shown this that like, like, you know, when you feel nervous about something and uh, you have butterflies or you're anxious, like you feel it in your gut, like physically your body responds to that stress and to that trigger. Um, and so you might have stomach aches, you might have body aches, you might get sick, you might like, there's, my, there's different ways that it can manifest. Um, but one thing that always resonated with me is like my grandma growing up, she would be like, oh, you know what? Like, we should, like, I need to go to the banya. Like, I need to go to the hot springs. And she was like, you know, any problems that you have when you go to the hot springs, like the water draws it out. Like it's some like, you know, you know, it's one of those like Balkan like remedy things like cabbages on, on your feet for a fever and like whatever. Um, and I always was like, what is that? Like, what are you talking about? And the older I've gotten, the more I realized I was like, oh, it's taking a break. It's like and like doctors used to be like, you know what? You need to go for a weekend, go to like the hot springs don't worry about anything else and let the body physically like heal and like do that somatic work. And so there's all this like research out there about like applying it heat or cold or whatever to your body to like help it like 
reduce stress and like relieve certain pains and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, so we totally have like a history of people doing that. Or like my uncle, he has in, in um, right outside of Bihach where he lives, he has like a little plot of land like on the Una and he like, you know, has a little house and he'll go and he'll like plant of flowers and like barbecue and all this stuff and I'm like tending to like the earth and like creating something and doing that that is not associated with your full-time job and not associated necessarily with your family like that is also self-care so like thinking about it in a broader way of like no it's it's not just bath bombs and like massages it's also like how are you um keeping yourself physical how are you connecting with nature and like I hate to sound so like frou-frou and like woo-woo about like connect with nature but like literally it's in our roots like the Balkans are beautiful like it is like I, I seriously think we're from one of the most beautiful places in the world and like our families and our ancestors took advantage of that and like really threw themselves into the environment I mean like you know, in America, you have, like, Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts or whatever that teaches you how to go in the woods. Like, that was part of education in the Balkans of, like, how to know which, like, mushrooms or berries were poisonous and, like, how to camp and, like, all this stuff. That was part of general education. Um, so I, I think about that a lot of, like, how when I'm explaining other aspects of self-care to like family or to like people from the Balkans I'm thinking about like how can I relate it to something that they are familiar with and that they know um or like cooking from scratch and going to a farmer's market like that is seen as like a luxury nowadays like oh that's like that's bougie you're, you get your food from a farmer's market like farm to table okay like that's so expensive and that takes so much more time but that was integrated into the day today and so how do we figure out now that we live in 2020 and we're dealing with the coronavirus and we're all cooped up at home and doing all this stuff like how do we figure out how to manage like how do we how do we do any of this stuff that, that's the really overwhelming part I think and I think where a lot of people get stuck I think that definitely helps and it helps to make that connection to, you know, our ancestors. And obviously it's something that has existed for a while. We might not recognize those things as self-care, but they definitely do qualify in that category. So it makes sense now to talk more about, you know, what are some things that I can do? Like, what are some examples? Obviously it's going to be different for everybody, but how do mm -hmm. I start? Like if I'm feeling so burnt out and just kind of down about the whole situation and you know other things are stressing me out in my life like what's the first thing that i can do for myself yeah well ideally i would say prevention is the best key <laughs> but you know a lot of us don't are taught these tools so we often don't think about self-care until we are burnt out um I think the first step is recognizing burnout. So um, are you more tired? Are you more crabby? Um, have you kind of lost your passion and your will for things in life? <laughs> like that sounds really dramatic, but like, like I love, What's something that I love? Like I love helping organize the BDS Board Conference. That is so much fun for me. 
And I know when I'm like, oh, I have another call. Like when I get into that mentality that I'm like, uh oh, like something is going on where I'm not like nurturing myself and taking care of myself because like something that used to give me passion is now something that feels like a chore. And a lot of people I talk to feel like self-care is a chore. It's just another thing on your to-do list and it's exhausting and like who has the time and I just don't feel like doing it. Like that is, that is like the, the thing. So like when you, when you are in that moment, it's recognizing that you are there and taking a moment to think about what of, of the different aspects of self-care. So of the, of the physical, the emotional, the mental, the spiritual, um, the like sexual and sensual, like what is missing? Like, what have you been neglecting? And often I think, especially in America and in like a capitalist state, it's because we're working so much and like we're using our brains and doing all this stuff, but it could also be like family stress or like being worried about someone who's sick and, and things like that. And so um, I think the, 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 the couple of things that I would definitely suggest is like, think about where you can institute boundaries that you didn't have them before. So um, if every single time you talk to one of your friends, you leave the conversation feeling really down, I'm not saying abandon that friendship, that's a decision for you to make, but like, think about how you can approach that and be like, you know what, we're only going to talk for 10 minutes. And after those 10 minutes, I'm going to spend 10 minutes um, taking a walk or something, or like, I'm going to, I'm going to do something like that. Or if you're like burnt out from work and all you spend your entire day like chomping away doing stuff you're working like into the evening you're not getting enough sleep how can you approach that conversation with your employer and be like you know what this is not sustainable and if you keep wanting me to produce this great level of work like these are three things i need i need like i need an uninterrupted lunch I need an hour where you do not text me, call me, expect a response from me. I can only work past, you know, 6 p.m. Um, two days a week. So you pick when that happens. And like putting it in that framework. And that's super scary for young people because like we've been taught we're so re replaceable in the market and like in the job market. And we're, we're taught that this is like not normal and like you should just give all of yourself. But like ultimately to jobs, we're replaceable for the most part. Like, so why, why would you sacrifice your health and your well-being for a place that could like fill your spot in like two weeks if they really if you left and when you event eventually do quit because like no one can no one can work under that stuff sustainably while like also being like a healthy human being <laughs> like I just don't think that that works does that resonate with you like how is how have things been with working from home and and with COVID and everything going on it definitely does just what you said now about, you know, having those boundaries and establishing them is really important. And it is scary, especially if you're in your 20s, you're younger, people tend to think that they can take advantage of you more and that, you know, it's easier to just kind of 
give you all this stuff to do. And you're just kind of sitting there like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm not doing the best job that I could because I'm feeling, you know, burnt out or I'm not taking care of myself. And so it's really just taking a step back and thinking of, you know, for me, I always think, is there something that I could change like in my routine to make it a little bit, I don't know, better for me when I approach the work day. So even if that means, you know, like taking little breaks or setting like Mm -hmm. a timer, like you suggested, having the uninterrupted time is important. And then what I used to do is like make myself available almost whenever. And, you know, that's obviously not a good thing to do. You have to set those boundaries. And like you said, if you can't talk to a certain friend on the phone every day, you know, that's okay. Like make it clear to them. Um, and I feel like they should understand. And if they don't, I mean, there's definitely those people that they they feel so attached to you or they feel like, oh my God, I have to talk to them like all the time, all the time, whatever. But I think those people too are lacking like that self-love within themselves. Like they're not really taking the time to, you know, find happiness in their lives. So it's setting those boundaries and it's, you know, it's a lot. It's definitely a lot when you have so much going on. It's like, how am I going to have the willpower to do that? I think for me, mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing. I think in my own experience, and I'll, and I'll give a very specific example. So um, when I was 18, I moved away from home and went to college in DC. And my family stayed in Chicago. And I very quickly saw not all families are as close as my family, as in like, I would talk to every single member of my family every single day. And that got overwhelming because I didn't physically have the time to like nurture these new friendships with folks, focus on my studies, um, work, and leave time for myself because I was constant. I was whenever there there was an expectation of if I call you, you better pick up. And I think that's like a so setting setting boundaries with parents. That's like a whole other thing, right? They're like, I gave you life. Like, answer me whenever I call you. And it took a lot of time to figure out. And and one of the boundaries I ended up executing with my whole family is like, you can call me at certain times of the day. So my mom, and she was like notorious for this. She'd call me like multiple times throughout the day and like always just be checking up on what I'm doing. And I like loved checking in with her and it was great. But like, then that would take away from my time from like studying it would, and I'd have to like re center my brain. And then I'd start worrying about like, like we talk about how our family is overseas and I'd start worrying about that or I'd worry about her health or like all this stuff. And it wasn't helpful. Like it wasn't serving anybody for me to worry. It wasn't serving anybody for me to start obsessing about this stuff. So I was like, you know what, mom, what if we just, what if we do a call in the morning? Like when I'm on my way to class or I'm on my way to work. So like I'm already walking somewhere. I'm already doing something like else. And I have the time and we can talk for like 15, 20 minutes and like catch up with each other and still feel connected and we can text throughout the day if you really want to but like I can't keep doing these like five minute calls every couple of hours because like you're bored at work um that's an example my mom's never bored at work but uh, <laughs> it it was it was really hard to figure out and um it took a lot of time and it took a lot of time for me in therapy to be like how can I you know there's guilt there of like 
everything my parents have ever done for me. Anytime I've ever called them, they've answered. So like I should, I should be available to them whenever they want. And, um, it was a combination of therapy. And then also my dad's wisdom being like, uh, you have to decide what your life looks like. Like you, you have that power now. Like we have told you what to do for the first 18 years of your life. And we'll still keep telling you what to do because like they're parents. Um, but you have to decide how to structure your life and what's acceptable and what's not. And it seems so basic, but like when somebody gives you the permission to do that, it's revolutionary. And that's what a lot of like working with my clients is like, is, is just giving them the permission to be like, you don't have to do that. Like you don't, you don't have to answer uh, your friend's call at two in the morning because like, you know, like if they're having issues and they need help, you can support them, but you don't have to upend your entire life for other people and the and if you need some like altruistic reason it's you're not going to be able to be your best self for that person when they need you if you are constantly under the pressure of all this stuff and like haven't slept haven't eaten haven't exercised haven't done this stuff like if you aren't doing those things then you aren't able to give your best self and like in an ideal world like you know we all feel like we can prioritize ourselves and like our value isn't based on like what we give other people and our value isn't based on how much money we make and like all this stuff like in an ideal world right we've all come to this like higher plane of understanding and find value in ourselves and love ourselves and like we'll just prioritize ourselves but not everyone is there and like most of us aren't there and and especially the people I work with, like are, they want to serve others. They want to help others. So like, think of it that way. Like, what are you doing for, like, are you really giving your best advice? Like, oh my God, how many times I've like been on the phone with a friend and they're complaining about something and I feel my like blood pressure rising, not to use like a dad phrase, but like, <laughs> like my blood pressure rising. Cause I'm just like, can't you see it's just as simple as X, Y, Z, and you need to do this, this, this. And like, that's not what my friend needs. My friend needs someone to listen to them and to like hear them out and to hold space for them. If they wanted like a three steps to solve your problems, like they could probably figure that out or they would ask for that. But like nine times out of 10, they're just like, I feel alone and they're looking for connection. Does that make sense? Um, no, it really does. And I think I saw this thing. I was trying to find it on my phone. Someone had posted it yesterday. I saved it, but I thought this is relevant to what we're talking about now. So it's a tweet and it says, I have a friend who always asks me before venting or sharing concerns if I have the mental space for it right now. Mm -hmm. And I got to say that willingness to accept boundaries and not demand someone to dedicate emotional energy they may not have right now. That's the healthiest thing ever. So I think that's mm -hmm. exactly what you're saying because and it sucks because you want to be there for your friend or your family member whoever it might be your significant other but at the end of the day if you're already you know going through a bunch of stuff and if you feel like that's the thing too it's hard because if they're complaining about something and you have all these other things going on in your life and you feel like your problems are you know a lot worse or whatever they're bigger and whatever your friend is complaining about you're just kind of sitting there like oh my gosh this literally doesn't matter or this you know 
which isn't to say that like, it's not, um, I guess it matters to them. It matters to them. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. No, that, that's the thing too. So you just kind of have to be, you have to be there for them. But if you are not, I guess, 100% like mentally there yourself, then it's like, how can you be there for somebody else? And that's the same thing. It goes for any relationship. Like they always say the cliche thing is like, well, you have to be willing to give that love to yourself first, because how are you going to give that to somebody else? Right. And, and the, you know, the, 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 phrase or the training of like oh if you're on a plane like you put your air mask on first your oxygen mask on first before helping somebody else because if you don't get yourself right like you can't really do anything for anybody else um which i i think is is important and is really hard i think i think um it's a also a gendered thing where like women are definitely expected to give more of that emotional support um, and, and, and give more of that. But like most of us aren't trained therapists or like we aren't trained in this stuff and we have to kind of figure out how to navigate it. Um, Yeah. And so the other thing I wanted to bring up is like, you really need to um, work on your mindset around like what, what you think you deserve and what is, or isn't like, like people come to me and they say, oh, but self-care is selfish. Like it is selfish for me to ignore or not respond to an emergency that someone else is having. And I want to challenge that and say, like, I don't care if you think it's selfish, like, you will literally put yourself in a grave if you do not take care of yourself and do not have appropriate boundaries and manage stress. Like, you will get sick, you will lose relationships, you will lose yourself, and it's a lot easier to be like, you know what, I give my per- myself permission to be selfish for an hour a day than it is to dig yourself out of a depressive episode where you're completely lost. And, th- and not to stigmatize depression or, like, depressive episodes, but, like, what, why not do everything you can to keep yourself on the best path possible um, instead of going through the heartache of having to battle like really tough demons um and really tough stuff and like I know like I've I deal with depression like I've had to dig myself out of all sorts of holes and I know like it's a survival thing like it might feel bad short term that I'm not showing up to a fundraiser or an event or something like that but long term I know that if I let myself spiral and don't take care of myself I'm gonna be out for a lot longer than this one event I'm I'm gonna and I'm gonna be taking a lot more from my community than if I just do this this one time um and I think that, you know, that's okay. If you fall into that space, it's okay. That's like, I'm totally not here to like shame anyone or make them feel bad about like not engaging in enough self-care. Like it's not a to-do list item. It's just like, like the basic tenet of like 
you know, making sure you, like, give yourself time to shower in the morning (laughs) or at night or whatever, like, giving yourself that time. And I think the other aspect of it is also facing your, like, demons when it comes to responsibility, right? So, if you are doing great at work, great at friendships, but your house life is a mess, like, you need to really think about that. Because, like, how, like, I know if I showed you around my room right now, there's, like, laundry everywhere. It needs to be folded and all this stuff. And I just, like, haven't prioritized that. But then every time I look at it, I have the mental thought process of, like, oh, like, oh, you suck. Like, you, you get that in your head. You're, like, oh, you suck. Why can't you manage this? And it's because I haven't been, like, prioritizing things in a good enough way I've been prioritizing um you know helping my family above helping myself which sometimes is okay but like in the long term can I live in like a a, you know a pile of laundry where I don't know what's clean and what's dirty and I don't know like what to wear outside I mean right now nobody's going outside because of like (laughs) COVID but like so so it's really easy to be like I'm just gonna wear leggings and a t-shirt until the foreseeable future um but, but I know it doesn't make me feel good. Like, it doesn't make me feel good to roll out of bed and just put on the same thing every single day. Um, yeah. And I think that's a yeah. really great segue to, to talking about, as you were talking, I'm just thinking about, you know, working from home and what I've been trying to do. So I'm on video calls, like, constantly for my job. And I know a lot of people are like, I show up to Zoom, no makeup, like, who cares, whatever. But at least like a couple of times a week, if I just pretend like I'm literally going into the office and kind of get Mm -hmm. ready, I find that I'm more productive. I'm not saying it's sustainable every single day because like we're all human who's going to actually go through that and you know, whatever, but it kind of is making me, um, it's more normal because it's like, well, Mm -hmm. this is what I would already normally do if I were going somewhere. And the whole laundry thing is super funny too. But of course, you're always going to feel better once you like clean up your space and try to create, I guess, like a productive work environment. It's something I've talked a lot about with just my other friends who have their own businesses. And so it's funny because we're sitting, so we're in my basement right now, and I've recorded down here before, but I haven't actually like taken the time to like clean this area. So part of that is because it was my dad's old office, so mm. I didn't really. It's taken what it's almost been two years now just to like come down here and like move his stuff and kind of put my stuff here. But I feel a lot better, and I feel like okay, this is my space. Like I've cleaned it up. I've still left things that obviously like remind me of him, but I still have like my stuff and I don't know. It just feels like I feel obviously like connected to him while I sit here, but also I'm like more of like, okay, let's, let's get to work. Like, let's do this versus if I'm just like laying in my bed on my computer, which not to say that doesn't work and that you can't be productive, but at right. the same time, I think, you know, creating that space for yourself, you're going to enjoy it more and you're going to like want to work almost. I don't know. And I think that's a perfect example of you, Amina, facing your stuff, like losing somebody so close to you and then having to like face their belongings, face like things that remind you of them and like going through that, like that is incredibly hard, but like you have been able to create 
an environment where you still feel connected with your dad and also can give passion and love to this project that you're working on and this whole other part of your life. And so like that is where self-care gets hard. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not, it's not easy all the time. It's not easy most of the time. Like, like getting, yeah, especially like, I feel that so strongly of like, of when like the impact that people leave in a specific space and then I like don't want to touch it or like I'm really like sentimental about like things that people have given me right um until the point where like I was I I have terrible luck with living places like I always end up moving like after like six or eight months so like I got tired of moving all of this stuff that like I was like okay a card that somebody gave me when I was in the fourth grade from like a teacher whose name I don't remember, like maybe not the most important thing to hold on to. Like maybe like that is causing me more pain now to have to ship this stuff around and, and like pay for movers and do all this stuff than just like taking that moment, appreciating it, maybe taking a picture of it so I can like hold on to it. But like, you gotta, you gotta let go some of that stuff. Um, and, and that's my own, like, like from the war and everything that happened in my family, like, there's, I don't have a ton of baby pictures. I don't have a ton of like family photos. So then I hold on to things because I'm like, this is all I have. And so like getting out of that space of like scarcity and like, you know, and it, for me, it symbolized a fear of like another war is going to break out, which I think a lot of people struggle with. And I know how many people have been like triggered with, like the stay at home orders and like seeing empty food shelves and things like that. So like when it comes to our community, like everyone's in a very sensitive spot. And so it's like, how do we face that and be tender with it, but also like face it and get something done. Like we have to, we have to do that. And the other tip I would have, especially for entrepreneurs is like, if you're really used to like being in charge of things and doing things and like executing and doing whatever, um, my favorite self-care tip is go do something where someone else tells you what to do and you don't have to think. So like volunteering is a great thing. Like I used to like volunteer at a food pantry where like like someone would be like, you sit here, you put this thing into this thing and that's your job. And like it, helps because it like feels like you're serving your community and you don't have to think anymore about it like you don't have to um you don't have to worry about what's the critical best next step and like whatever like all that mind stuff like you just like do it um and I think I think that's like definitely not reflected within our like Pinterest world of of (laughs) self-care It's not. It's really not. No, volunteering is great though, because I actually did that with my brother before all this happened. They were doing, um, what was it? It was like million meal pack, something for um, packing meals for the homeless. And it was just like you said, like you go to your station, you grab the bag, one person puts the like rice and beans and you put this thing and then I had to weigh it. And then we like very too much where it's almost like you don't have to think too hard about it, but you're doing it. And it's kind of taking your mind off of your business, which for me is probably the hardest thing is when your business is so 
um, it, it's hard because it's like such a big part of me, but at the same time, it's like not all that I am either. Like there's still other things that I love to do that have, you know, maybe no association at all with the Balkans and that's okay, mm-hmm. but it's hard to separate it and be like, okay, I'm going to go do this other thing that I know I love to do because for me, I always feel guilty. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to go before all this was happening you know, go have fun with my friends or go do this thing or whatever it might be. And then I'm just thinking like, oh my God, I could be doing this thing for my business kind of like, that's how my mentality like would be all the time. And I realized that obviously that isn't healthy and you have to kind of, and it's something that I'm still obviously working on now being at home. It's a little bit different because there's not much else that you can do. So, um, yeah, it's hard to kind of differentiate and be like, okay, well, now I'm going to go do this and not even worry about my business or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. So, yeah, and that that reminds me, another thing I was going to say, especially about like everyone being stuck at home right now and and what that looks like. Um if you can, creating separate spaces from like where you spend your leisure time and where you do your work, I think is really helpful and um everyone's like screen time has gone up and stuff like that so spending time where you're like you know what I'm not gonna be scrolling endlessly through social media or checking my email or doing whatever uh I or watch tv like I've God knows I've been like down like I know when Netflix puts up something new that's how familiar I am with Netflix at this point and it's like driving me a little insane (laughs) um so like what like how can I can I go draw? Can I go paint? Like, I know, like, uh, those, like, coloring books are now, like, super popular, and they have been for a couple years, like, doing those kinds of things, Um, but it's figuring out, like, where you're lacking, right, and how you can fill up that gap, or um, if I am too lazy to read a book, for example, but I want new knowledge, I will go watch a bunch of TED Talks, like, that is a super cool way to like challenge your brain and to learn something new um without having to like sit down and read it because I spend like my whole day reading at work so I'm like I don't want to read when I get home so I'm like oh I'll just like watch somebody like talk about a topic and like that'll um like refresh me or like listening to your podcast like things like that like those are like ask things that you can do to like bring multi-dimensional care into like yourself mm-hmm. um exactly exactly I love that like there's so many different things and I know um reading is another thing I know you said I don't want to read whatever but for me <laughs> I have um it depends like obviously if that's like your job and you know or if you're like a copywriter or I'm just like throwing out things out there where you're constantly reading stuff maybe you don't want to do it but it's kind of nice. Like I have a Kindle. I've had it for what, like four or five years now and just going through and just, even if it's getting up early instead of checking my phone, like going and just like reading a chapter in a book is nice because you don't Mm -hmm. need to be on your phone 24 seven. It's just, it literally is like so draining and you don't even realize it. Like you really don't realize it until you take the time to like just leave your phone somewhere and go do something else, even if it's just for an hour and then come back to it. Like, that's fine. And I think that's completely healthy. Um, so. Yeah. Have you, um, I know I've been doing these, but I'm wondering, have you been doing like the zoom happy hours and like stuff like that with friends? 
Yes. Like, are um, you familiar with it? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Those are fun. We did one. Um, it was my friend Sarah Beth's birthday. Was it last week? The week before last week, we did one. So that was fun. I hadn't talked to, gosh, it was my college, I say like my college friends, like I graduated like five years ago <laughs> or something, even though it was like two years ago. But um, yeah, well, it was literally, I couldn't remember the last time where we were all like every single one of us there. Like, you know, just even if we weren't really saying much, it was just kind of, we're just enjoying each other's company, whatever. So um, those have been super fun and just I've been FaceTiming more people and talking to people that I haven't talked to in a while, which is kind of nice just to like catch up with everybody and like reminisce on, you know, old times and things like that. Yeah. And I, and that totally makes sense because we are, um, as humans, we're wired for connection. Like we want to feel like we're part of a community and like, and like to be seen and to see people and with not being able to like go out or grab coffee with a friend and do all this stuff like that's kind of missing. And like, I don't think like FaceTime or Zoom is like an adequate replacement for like physical like interactions in any way shape or form like I can zoom like be on zoom all day with people and like I still want to hug at the end of the day like that's different Mm -hmm. um and so I actually found that with myself of I was I'm such an extrovert I'm like even uh, like I've been doing consulting for the past couple of months and even when I've been working from home like I work from a coffee shop like I'm constantly I love be- being around people and so I tried to replace that with like being on zoom calls and facetiming people and then I got burnt out of zoom and I was like oh my god we're gonna be doing this for a while like I like I was like two weeks in and I was like I can't do it anymore I can't do another call like I physically cannot and so like that that required me checking in with myself and figuring out okay so what are my points of connection and what are points of disconnection like you said like what when can I put down my phone and like take a break and then when can I how can I find meaningful connection in in the midst of all of that and like what does that look like um and I think that's a big thing of especially like working from home and dealing with like COVID and everything is like that connection, disconnection, like finding that balance. And that balance is different for everybody. Like I know I was talking to one of my friends and she was like, I am home all the time and my husband is home all the time. And I am like losing it because like we're spending like I'm an introvert and like I love him but like I don't want to see him all the time and so she's like so uh like the weather is getting nicer I have like amplified all my gardening like anything because like he doesn't like gardening so like this is something that is just mine and I can like you know play in dirt and like plant flowers and like water things and whatever and that is that is enough for me to get at my own space and clear my own head um but Amina I'm wondering so what are your challenges when it comes to doing regular self-care um I think really it's just like that guilt thing I said earlier and thinking you know I could just oh if I just do this one more thing you know it's gonna help my business ultimately but you can't create like, I don't know how to say this. Like you can't, you're not going to, you know, suddenly make like a bunch of money just from spending an hour, like doing something one night, whereas you could take that hour and put it back towards yourself and just do something for yourself. So that's been hard. Um, Just this whole mentality of, you know, like hustle culture and just like keep going, Mm -hmm. keep going, keep going because 
that's something that obviously was instilled just from our upbringing, you know, having our parents working, you know, two jobs, working like 10 hour, 12 hour days. And you start to think, well, I could be doing more. Like, that's always my thing. Well, I could do more. I can always do more. And Mm -hmm. it's like hard for me to recognize, okay, you're doing enough. Like you, I can't remember. My friend sent me this card in the mail and it said something did it say I'll have to go look later but it was really good it was just like you know something like you give so much to the world like remember to um just like take time for yourself so yeah that's for me I'm always thinking I could do more how can I help more people how can I reach someone how can I do one extra thing that gets me closer to you know my goals like that's that's honestly probably the hardest thing for Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. well and I think it's hard extra hard because I mean I know you have like your ambassadors and all these other folks that like are looking to you for guidance and and all that but um one of the reasons um and and I want to acknowledge that like that is a challenge like everybody is looking to you so you especially have to figure out like that balance and like like you said at the beginning trial and error is what it is um but I I get people um that look at me and like ask me, they're like, how do you do all of this stuff? Like, how do you, how do you have enough time in a day? Yes. And like the secret is, especially when it comes to organizing the diaspora conference, um, the secret is there are multiple of us so we can each take a step back when we need to. And it's like creating a system of like accountability in that way of like, you know, there, there've been years where like, I barely did anything for the conference. And then there's years where I did a ton of stuff for the conference because someone else needed to take a step back. And it's, it's, and it's finding that I keep saying finding that balance, but like, it's, it's figuring out when, like, when you can pump the brakes and like, take a second. Um, and also accept like, I feel like there's like a numbers game of like, okay, well we need to bring in this much like revenue to cover our costs and we need to reach this many people. And it's great to have aspirational goals, but like what is um, quantity versus quality look like? And like, what does like, how do you remind yourself that what you're doing is meaningful and that like you are impacting people and you know, you're, you're already doing amazing. And like, you don't have to be at the same, like, ridiculous level of productivity all the time. Like people will still like appreciate everything you've done. Um, I know for me, I get real obsessive about like likes on posts. (laughs) And then I have to remind myself that I'm like, like, it is not, I'm not doing this to get likes on posts. I'm doing this to get people to like check in with themselves and to like to take a breath and like be okay (laughs) Um, yes definitely very well said very well it's it's definitely a lot and sometimes I forget about like things that I have done or not so much the big stuff but just like little things I'm like oh yeah I I helped that person or, Oh, I I did that cool thing. And I'm like, wow, you know, it's really cool that I did that, you know, and it's like taking a minute to just kind of soak all of that in. And ultimately Mm -hmm. I found that motivates me a lot. Like if I'm going back through, um, so I journal a lot. So I have journals from 
did I first start? Like 2016 is when I really was like, okay, I'm going to journal. I'd started traveling. That was like a big part of my life. Um, It still is, but that's kind of when I was going through that whole self-discovery, like writing all these different articles, um, going through that kind of, I guess, phase. And so going back through your journal is like one of the most humbling things ever because what will happen is you'll either see something where it's like, oh my gosh, I am so like just kind of shocked that I did that or that I even thought that was going to happen or that I thought like that wasn't going to happen. Like I've written things where I'm like, I just want to make this business and I just want to help people and can't think of a specific Mm -hmm. example, but I'll go back and it's like, oh wow, I actually did that. Or you'll find stuff that you are worried about and you're like, why was I worried about that? Like literally that didn't mm-hmm. even matter. Or I can't even remember what I was writing about sometimes. I'm like, mm-hmm. why was I like ferociously writing about, I don't even know, like some random guy or like something in my class that was like stressing me out. And I'm like, I literally don't even remember what I was talking about mm-hmm. half the time. But in that moment, it helped me. So yeah, I so one thing that I'm going to challenge you to do is and I'm and I'm challenging you and I'm also challenging myself cuz I don't do this enough is like keep a testimonials notebook. Yeah. Or like a okay. file or something or like a like form that. where like you can and I've done this before in my personal life where I've posted on social media and be like, "Hey, I'm feeling in the dumps. Can you message me one meaningful like interaction that you had with me or something like that or like or asking like adding to your um like your forms when people are like ordering bulk and bread gear like what does it mean to you to have your hometown on like a shirt or like to have to be able to represent where you're from like what does that mean to you because like those words and from those people is what's going to keep you going when you're like so exhausted and so burnt out and like so just like sick of everything and your like sight keeps crashing and everything's the worst and like whatever um but it'll help you keep going and it'll also remind you of like what kind of mindset did you have to be in to create that to get that product and what did you have to do for yourself like years and years ago that like helped you get to that place um, so I think I'm going to do that too. I'm going to, maybe I'll like, um, like I know on my laptop, I have like notes, like sticky notes that you can do. So right. like putting in, putting those sticky notes up of, of like, this person messaged me and said, you know, thank you for this because it really like made a difference or, um, I'm running this like text service right now where it's like self-care reminders throughout the day. And like all my friends have been like that signed up are like texting me and they're like, Oh, I just did my thing. And then they're like, did you do it? And I'm like, I it didn't even occur to me that I should do my own self-care challenge. Like I, <laughs> like, right. you're, so, you're so in the, like, I need to serve others. I need to produce for others. I need to like get this out that like you don't even do it for yourself. Um, and, and that is like the irony of all of it. And that's why when people are like, like how do you keep your life together I'm like I don't know man like (laughs) I'm probably doing worse than you are but like I I'm I'm just trying we're all trying we're all struggling yeah Um, that's the one question I always struggle with they're like how do you how do you do everything and I'm like I honestly don't know I really (laughs) don't know (laughs) it's just it's a combination of all kinds of things but I think keeping that like testimonials notebook that you're talking about is a really great idea I have 
so many screenshots just on my phone of things like people have messaged me or yeah, just message me, posted, whatever it might be, emails from people. So I think taking the time to do that will definitely mm-hmm. help me because then it's something tangible where it's like, I know I've had those little moments where people have said something to me and I've just been like, oh my God, this is crazy that I impacted someone in that way. So it's like taking all of those things and putting them in one place. I think that's a great idea too. And you nice. shouldn't feel and you shouldn't feel guilty either for doing it. Cause I know some people are like, oh well, why would you just want to like go back and read, you know, compliments about maybe yourself, I guess. But if it's like something that you did that truly impacted someone, then I don't see why that would be, you know, something that's like egotistical or whatever. I think that's I don't know. I think it's really meaningful. Yeah. And again, I think it's like finding where, where you need to bolster yourself. So if you need to bolster your humility, maybe don't do a testimonial journal, maybe like go give back to the community and like reel it, reel it in a little bit. But if like, I know, like I struggle with like confidence and like, am I doing enough and things like that. So that is really helpful for me to remember, like to read this stuff. And Mm -hmm. from a business perspective, like having a bunch of testimonials altogether having that like on your website is also really great like because people are like seeing the impact that you're doing and I don't think it's self-promotion and I don't think it's bragging I think it's like being honest about what you're doing because like why keep it a secret like oh people love this product I'm not gonna tell anyone like that's you're not helping people by doing that right right exactly exactly no I think I think that's a great idea and Um, the text message service that you set up is awesome too. And I think everyone should go ahead and sign up for that. We can talk more about um, that and also your coaching program. And I know you're doing a webinar and all these exciting things. So do you want to kind of fill us in on what you have planned for I guess the month of May, since we're into May? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, my, the text service I, talked about so I I, this is my like first like trial run of it so it started on April 20th and is gonna go through like May 19th I guess I think that's like 30 days um and it's every day it's like one or two texts a day that's like a reminder to do something or like a challenge to do something um I haven't decided yet if I'm gonna do that again and if I do it'll probably launch in June but I'll have like signups and stuff in May um but what I'm really working towards in May is um I'm gonna be doing uh, a webinar on like how to manage stress during COVID and also like how do we um, like like we talked really theoretically about like how do you face your stuff and like what like how do you even know where to start like that is the, that's like the whole point of needing a coach because like this is like a lot of stuff right. so like um, the the webinar is going to go into like really analyzing where you're coming from from what you're doing, how those things impact you, and like some tips for like how to um, level up and like do something that's like a little bit more challenging and a little bit um, more serving to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll and I'll also have the opportunity. So the the way that webinar is structured is um, people who log on they'll actually get one on one feedback from me. So like. Um, you'll get like kind of like a free coaching opportunity. Um, so uh, I'll definitely 
send you Amina the like link and you can drop it in the show notes and all of that stuff um, to sign up for that. Um, but if anyone has any like immediate interests, uh, my be- website is uh, breathewithtea.com and that's also my Instagram handle, breathewithtea. Um, so you can uh, check that out in the meantime. I'm trying to post as much content as possible uh, while also taking care of my own self-care <laughs> and like managing my own stuff so, so um, yeah it's maybe not as consistent as I want it to be but it's it's good enough it is good enough and I'm accepting it <laughs> yes at least you're doing something about it because I think a lot of people just kind of complain or they don't want to take action on it and stuff like that so any step in that direction is really important especially in our community too where I feel like people can just kind of "Eh, yeah I don't want to do that or oh that's stupid I'm not going to put in energy whatever I'm just kind of sit back and you know not create this change for people which right it happens, but um, yeah, I think it's awesome that you're doing that. And I really encourage everyone listening to take a peek and get involved because you might learn something new. I definitely learned some new things just sitting here talking to you. So this was really awesome. Do you have any other just, I guess, parting words or any other questions that you might want to ask? Yeah. Um, hmm. And it's okay my, if you don't, but I just yeah, like no, I do, I do. I'm trying to, I'm trying to sound as articulate as possible. Um, I just want to remind everybody that like you're doing the best that you can, and like we are living, and I hate to be, you know, a broken record about this, but we're living in an unprecedented time. <laughs> and especially if you're in, you know, like under the age of 40, this, this is like, we've been through a lot of stuff as like a generation, like millennials have been through a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think a lot of us have been, uh, trained to live in a state of fear. Um, And so you're doing the best you can and things are very uncertain and it's going to be okay somehow. I don't know how I'm not promising everything, but it's, it's gonna, it's going to work itself out. Something's going to, you know, we're going to get out on the other end of this. We don't know what it's going to look like, like dealing with that uncertainty, just know, like focus on what you can do. Like we can't, change the spread of a virus we can't necessarily make our government get its stuff together we can't you know do all that we can't do a lot of things but what we can do is impact those around us we can impact ourselves um and of course uh i'm an organizer so like call your elected officials and tell them what you want and what you need because they need to hear from you um happy to also provide easy ways to do that uh for folks who feel scared about that but i'm a passionate advocate of using your voice um and trying to affect change around you that's awesome i love that and i think we brought up some really good points on this episode so Thank you guys for listening. Um, If you listened this far, we highly appreciate it. And we're happy that we just got to hang out and have this very, I guess, honest conversation about, you know, obviously talking about something that that's my favorite thing is to talk about things that people don't want to talk about in our communities. So 
definitely excited to hear what you guys think of this episode. So if you're listening right now, I highly encourage you to just take a screenshot. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it might be, post it to your Instagram, make sure you tag us and just let us know what you thought of this episode. So it's just at Balkan Bread on Instagram. And if you guys are interested in being featured in an upcoming episode, or you would like to nominate someone, definitely send us an email. It's just hello at balkanbread.com. And I think those are all of the parting words that I have. So thank you guys again for listening and we'll talk to you on our next episode. Bye guys.